Welcome to Staying the Course. Join us as we navigate the uncompromised Word of God with Pastor Brett Peterson. September 11th was just a few days ago. And I can remember that morning. Do you remember that morning? I mean, someone called us right after the first plane hit the, hit the first building and said, you got to see what's happening on TV. And we're watching and praying, and all of a sudden the other plane hit. It was surreal. And in the midst of all that tragedy, do you know that this nation turned to God? Do you know that churches all of a sudden in the next few months were filled with people and people started waving flags and God and country became uh, a, really a cry of this nation. And we saw almost revival break out because of that event. Because of that event, God used that to do what? Bring a whole nation almost back to him. You know, I believe that this nation started as a godly nation. In fact, I believe it was founded by Christians on Christian principles. And we're going to go through that a little bit uh, this morning. We are um, going line by line, verse by verse, through the book of Exodus. And we made it to Exodus chapter 6. And why don't we look there before we get into our topical message for today, which I usually don't do. But since we're having a barbecue, I thought I had the freedom to just go topical. <laughs> Exodus chapter 6. And what we've been going over uh, for the past few weeks is this portion of this text, starting at verse 6, or actually verse 5. God says this to Israel. Further, I have heard the groanings of the sons of Israel. Do you know that when you are in trouble, God hears your prayer? Do you know that? That when you need help, God hears your prayers. He is not a distant God that's not involved in your life, but he hears everything. He heard their groanings. Continue on. 5b of the sons of Israel because the Egyptians who are holding them in bondage. And I remembered my covenant. Do we have a covenant with God? What is it? It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins. He paid for every mistake we will ever make, and his blood cleanses us and makes us white as snow and pure. So every time we sin and we run to God, what does God do? Exactly what it says here. He remembers the covenant. He remembers that Jesus Christ paid for your sins on the cross of Calvary. Continue on. Verse 6. Say therefore to the sons of Israel, I am the Lord, Yahweh. Actually, it's all capitals, L-O-R-D. That's Yahweh, God's uh, holy name. And I will bless you and bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will deliver you from their bondage, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great judgments. Then I will take you for my people, and I will be your God, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God who brought you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. Does God still deliver people like that? Every time you feel burdened, do you know that you can run to the Lord in prayer and he hears your prayer and he will lift the burden? Do you know that? You know, I believe 9-11 was a great burden on this nation. It changed the world. 
I mean, when you consider, do you remember, guys, when you used to be able to carry your pocket knife into the airport and go right onto a plane with a pocket knife? Do you remember that? Oh, yeah, totally. Well, see, I grew up in a little hick town, so I always carry a pocket knife, you know. Uh, but it's so weird now that you can't do that. It's like, wow, man, so many things changed. Everything changed. America, America came back to church. Man, for a while there, this nation became a praying nation, and God and country became really a battle cry for this nation. But something happened. It didn't last very long. Do you think America still has faith in God? You know, a more important question would be, do you have faith in God this morning? Do you trust God? I don't care that you come to church and pay your tithes and do all these religious things. That's well and good. But do you have faith in God this morning? Do you trust God with your life? You know, our money... It's interesting. What does it say so boldly and clearly? In God we trust, right? The question is this morning, do you really trust God? With your finances? With your family? With your job? With your future? With your very life? In God we trust. It's all over. It's our motto for this nation. But the question is, do we really? Even more importantly, do you really? Do you really trust God? Many Christians trust everything else but God. Their savings account, you know, that person they can rely on to bail them out if they ever need it. You know, their job, their financial situation, they trust many things but God. The question is, in the days ahead, are you ready to trust God with everything? <sighs> it's time to fully trust God. Our, our nation has lost its roots. And, you know, this morning I want to go over the Christian roots of this nation because, believe it or not, a lot of people think we're no longer a Christian nation. I love it when they use that verbiage, we're no longer a Christian nation. What's the inference there? It means we once were. And, you know, the founders of this great country were men of God, and more than that, Christian men of God. Fifty-two of the men who signed the Constitution of the United States were Christians. Wow. Only two of them weren't, and they were agnostics. Back then, families went to church together. Do you remember those times, you old saints of God that grew up in church? Man, after church, you would have this great big feast. Do you remember that? And you would eat all afternoon. That's why a lot of Christians, you know, they sin. They, they're gluttons, you know. <laughs> Uh, that's why we don't judge other people. Man, if, if I'm going to eat a, a half gallon of ice cream in one setting, who, who am I to judge anybody else about whatever they do? Well, occasionally I eat a half gallon of ice cream in one setting. Families really loved and laughed and learned together. They were a unit. They were united you know, the sad fact is most families now are completely torn apart. They don't even eat meals together. Everybody goes and does their own thing, and families aren't coming together, and churches aren't coming together. America used to be a great land. Baseball, apple pie, football, 
country music. Country music's godly for the most part, isn't it? Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Our nation's really in trouble. It's not from terrorists, folks. It's because we have rejected God. We have done away with God in this country and in the media and in the shows. Do you remember in the 50s and 60s when all the TV shows people prayed to Jesus Christ? Do you remember that? Man, the families, whatever show you watch, you know, they would get together at dinner. Father God, man, bless his food to our bodies. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, that was secular television and movies. This nation has fallen. Was it really a Christian nation? Well, I'm going to prove it to you in a second, but Isaiah really nailed it when he said this. This is a prophecy about men in the last days, and it says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. Are we doing that in this nation today? Hey, folks, you know who's evil today in the world's eyes? Born-again Christians, evangelical Christians. Man, they're intolerant, bigot, bigots, hateful, hypocrites, yeah, all of that stuff. Notice this, who substitute bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and clever in their own sight. Woe to those who are heroes in drinking wine and valiant men in mixing strong drink, who justify the wicked for a bribe and take away the rights of the ones who are in the right. And folks, that's exactly what this world system is doing today, calling good bad and bad good. Everything is flipped upside down. It's crazy. Was America founded as a Christian nation? I know it was, and we're going to establish that here this morning. Part of it is, is our money. You know, every piece of our money says in God's we trust. Do you know that when you talk to people, you don't need a track. You don't need anything else. You don't even know uh, to know a lot about the Bible. But if you want to point them to God, just say, hey, on your money, do you know what it says? In God we trust. Do you? Do you know what that means? Trust carries the idea of having faith, and this nation was built on the foundation of biblical truth. And that God that's on our money is not Allah, it's not Buddha, it's not the Hindu gods, it's not the pantheon of gods from Greece, it's not any other God but Yahweh, God himself. Do you know that? Everywhere in this nation where it talks about God, all over Washington, D.C., when you walk the streets, you see God almost everywhere on every pillar. And folks, it's all about the one true triune God of the Bible. Do you know that in France, when we finally uh, won our independence from Britain, Britain and us went to France and we signed the peace accord. Do you remember that? Guess how they signed that? No, in the name of the triune God, in the name of the triune God. Who is that? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That is the God of the Bible. So folks, this nation, and we're going to prove it, literally started as a Christian nation. In God we trust is not only a profound statement, but it's a statement that this nation has faith in God. The question is, do you? You know, there's a lot of Christians that don't even have faith in God. I don't know why, but it's sad. This nation became great because we trusted in God. Hezekiah in 2 Kings, we know the story, starting at verse 18. Man, he was just a young man, but man, he, be, he came to power, and the nation had fallen away from the Lord. 
What did Hezekiah do? He ripped down the Ashtoreth poles. That's where they worshipped the, the pagan goddess of uh, uh, fertility, you know, and run around the poles naked and all that weird stuff. He ripped those down, and he made the nation come to repentance. Hezekiah brought the nation back. And then it says at the end of this passage, you can look it up later, he trusted God with everything that he was, and because of that, he was victorious, and God went before him and blessed him. Do you know one promise in Scripture is, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and what happens? Hey, all your needs are going to be met. That's a promise from God. But you have to trust him. You have to have faith in order for that promise to be actuated. Does that make sense? Faith is all about trusting. God blesses those who trust him. Second Chronicles 13, 18 says, Thus the sons of Israel were subdued at that time, and the sons of Judah conquered because they trusted in the Lord. And when you see all caps, again, that's Yahweh. That's the holy name of God, the God of their fathers. It's time for us this morning to get back to trusting God. I don't know what you're facing in life today, but I do know this. If you run to God in prayer, He hears your prayers. If you believe He's going to move, He will move. In the days ahead, make no mistake about it, the world will get darker. You know, uh, we're living in a time the Bible predicted in the last days. Men are going to be lovers of self, Paul wrote Timothy. Boastful, arrogant, disobedient. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Holding to a form of godliness. Hey, well, yeah, I'm a Christian. Mm -hmm. But denying the power, the transforming power of God, the miracle-working power of God. In the midst of it, we have a sure refuge, and that's Jesus Christ, our Lord. You can run to him with whatever you got. Man, I love this in Psalms 143.5. I remember the days of old. Oh, I meditate on all your works. I muse on the works of your hands. That's why I enjoy reading the Bible, by the way. Do you know God wrote this through 40 guys, and it's the Word of God? That God himself wrote this, and there is a message in here for you that will impact your life. In fact, the, the Bible says that God's Word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. So when I read this, I see the character of God. You know, it's amazing when people say, well, the God of the Old Testament is so evil and mean and rotten. You've heard that before, right? Because, man, he told Israel to wipe out the whole nation of Assyria. That's an ugly, mean God. Well, you know, you think how the character of God is all love and good and peace and desires people to have life and not death. So why would he do that? How evil do you think the Assyrians were? What about ISIS right now? Would any nation in the world wipe them out if they could? Sure. Right? Absolutely, they would because they are evil to the core. Make no mistake about it, every nation in the world is trying to wipe out ISIS. Even Russia now is in Syria. Did you see that? Russia sent troops to Syria, and Iran is part of that. You know that alliance was predicted in the Bible in Ezekiel chapter 37 and 38? That just happened this week, folks. Are we living in the last days? Russia is in Syria with Iran 
working together to battle ISIS. We're trying to take out ISIS. In fact, every nation in the world, so in the Old Testament, when God had Israel wipe out a, na a nation, that was the most loving thing to do, not an evil thing to do. Does that make sense? Just like the most loving thing to do is to stop ISIS now because they will destroy the world. Does that make sense? But Russia and all of them there, it's predicted in the Bible. Yes, there will be trials in the last days, but 1 Corinthians 10.13 says this, hey, no trial, literally in the Greek that word temptation is trial or test, has overtaken you, but such is common to man, and God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted or tried beyond what you are able to endure, but with every temptation, he'll provide a way of escape so that you will be able to endure it. That's why we run to the Lord and trust God. Man, when our marriage is a little rocky, we run to the Lord. We ask him to help. And guess what he does? He intervenes. Man, he can renew love. A love that we have lost, but he can bring it back. America this morning is at a crossroads. In fact, folks, I believe every one of us in the days ahead are going to have to make a, a real decision whether we're going to be a follower of Christ in the Bible or we're going to compromise our faith and be a part of the worldly system. And in the days ahead, that line is going to get very clear. It's already happening. Do you see it? We're at a crossroad as a nation and as individuals. And what awaits is either a revival and a awakening spiritually or a continually progression into darkness and despair and disaster and frustration. I don't know about you, but I want to trust God and seek the Lord more than anything else. Back to America being a Christian nation. What was the first textbook in America? The Bible, right? Yeah. And then, and, and then we got the, uh, uh, yes, the New England Primer. Guess what was in that book? I've got a copy of it. It's like a theology book. It's all about God. It's all about Jesus Christ. These were the textbooks. And then we had uh, Noah Webster, who wrote the Webster Dictionary and many textbooks. Guess what the first Webster Dictionary was like? It was like a Bible dictionary. Almost every word was defined in light of Scripture. It's amazing. Was this nation born a Christian country? Absolutely. Noah Webster said, who wrote the dictionary, almost all civil liberty now enjoyed in the world owes its origin to the principles of what? Islam? Hindu? Buddhism? Bhagavad? No, Christian religion. The Christian religion. The same beliefs have also dominated the views of the state courts. In 1799, the state courts declared Christianity was the established religion and that within that religion, all denominations have equal place. In fact, the idea about there should be no mix of uh, church and state was all about a letter written by the president to the head of the, I believe, Baptist denomination. He said, listen, our, our, our government will not um, support one denomination over another. Man, they're all equal in the side. We're not going to support one. So it was all about different denominations of Christian religion. 
not different religions. Does that make sense? Okay, it's really interesting. Uh, two of the historic sites in America and the capital city, man, all over that city, you're going to find things about Jesus Christ and the one true God. No matter where you go, Library of Congress, within the great halls of the Jefferson Building, it's really interesting. The Gutenberg Bible and the other was a, a, a giant Bible of means. They're on display. Uh, and the word of President uh, Andrew Jackson, the Bible is the rock upon which our republic rests. Andrew Jackson said that. Pretty interesting, huh? What about this one? Library Congress. In the main meeting room uh, are st uh, statues and quotes representing fields of knowledge. Moses and Paul represent religion with the inscription, What doth the Lord require of thee but to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with thy God? Science is represented by the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Are those quotes from the Bible? Absolutely. History, one God, one law, one element, one far off divine event to which the whole creation moves. Is that an allusion to the word of God? Folks, all over the Supreme Court even on the outside east pediment is a marble relief of Moses holding tablets containing the Ten Commandments. It's at the Supreme Court building, but now they wouldn't allow uh, 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 public administration office in Texas to keep the Ten Commandments there, but the Supreme Court has them. It's really interesting. Behind the justices in the Supreme Court is a marble tablet with Roman numerals 1 to 10, referring to what? The Ten Commandments. Each day the court is in session, a crier starts or ends his call announcing the formal opening by declaring God save the United States and the honorable court and he goes out and makes that cry the Capitol building in the rotunda there's large eight large paintings every one of those paintings talks about our Christian roots from the landing of Columbus who convinced to sail because quote unquote it was the Lord who put it in my mind that the gospel must still be preached to many lands. To the baptism of Pocahontas, and if you saw the Disney movie, that's all about Pocahontas becoming a believer, and that's part of that too, when she was baptized into the Christian faith. The Virginia Charter said that they came to propagate the Christian religion to such people as yet live in darkness and miserable ignorance of the true knowledge and worship of God. The departure of pilgrims from Holland shows the pilgrims observing a day of prayer and fasting and William Brewster holding an open Bible upon which it is written the New Testament of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. God with us is written on the ship's sail. Do you think this nation was formed by Christians? Absolutely. The Capitol building continued carved reliefs throughout the building of the historic Christian events forming this nation, like the landing of the pilgrims, having undertaken for the glory of God and the advancement of the Christian faith. In the, um, in the House, both the Senate and uh, the House of Representatives, in God We Trust, our national motto, is inscribed in gold behind the speaker's rostrum. Also in the chamber above the central gallery door is a marble relief of Moses. Just so happens we're in the book of Exodus, talking about Moses, right? Can't wait to get back into that, but we had to do this today. Many plaques in the Capitol declare our faith as well, including in God we trust, place above the Senate main door. 
what God hath wrought, the first message sent on the telegraph in 1844. Isn't that interesting? Know where that stained glass is right there? See, that's George Washington praying. Praying to the one true God. It's in the prayer room in the Capitol. And in that room, there's a quote on that stained glass, Psalm 16, Preserve me, O God, for in thee do I put my what? Trust. This nation became great because it trusted God. God is looking for a people that will trust Him with their lives this morning. You know, you can say you believe in God and then live your life as though He does not exist and not include Him in your life and never pray and never read the Word of God which truly brings life. You can claim to be a Christian and live your life like a practical atheist. This morning, God is just saying, man, I love you. Just run to me. I will give you peace that transcends understanding and strength for today and hope for tomorrow. I can be the, the man, the, the God-man, Jesus Christ, that you can run to for encouragement and help in time of need. Our nation did that in the beginning. You know at the Constitutional Convention, they started that off with a four-hour prayer meeting. Do you know that? As they were deciding how to write the Constitution of the United States. Do you think God had his hand in the Constitution? Absolutely. That's why this nation has become great. The National Archives, they have the Ten Commandments engraved in bronze on the floor. Washington Monument, that top stone is made out of aluminum and it says Laos Deo in Latin which means praise be to God and it's on the east side so the first thing the sun hits is that aluminum capstone on the Washington Monument. Praise be to God, the one true God. As you walk up the steps to the top of the 55-foot monument inside you find messages like holiness to the Lord. Search the scriptures. That's a quote from the Bible, being a good Berean. The memory of the just is blessed. May heaven to this union continue to benefit. In God we trust. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old he will not depart from it. These are all quotes from the Bible, folks, not the Quran, not the Baglava, not any other document or religious writing, but the Bible itself. Why do I get so hot, and why is this a soapbox topic for me? Because when I grew up, this nation was still a Christian nation. Do you remember that? Man, everything shut down on Sundays. Everybody either went to church or said, one day I'll go to church. When I get my life together, I'll come back to church. Do you, I, everyone I would talk to. Man, now this nation has changed. The Lincoln Memorial. A lot of Christian phrases are in it, but one makes it very clear uh, that even the divided nation, you know, Lincoln you know, during the Civil War, you know what I'm talking about here, fighting against slavery. And by the way, when someone says, oh, the Bible uh, supports slavery, do you know it doesn't? 
Do you know that the Bible is the only book, even in the Old Testament, and we're going to get to that in Exodus in a little bit, there's sanctuary cities that they set up when they go to the promised land. And any slave that can get away from their masters, when they go to that city, they are free. More than that, every seven years, what did the Jewish people have to do? Set all their slaves free. They weren't slaves. The verbiage was different. They were simply employee, employees back then. Does that make sense? So when people say, man, the God of the Bible is hateful and he supports slavery, they have no idea what they're talking about. Folks, don't listen to that kind of rhetoric because it's garbage. The Bible is the most loving, freeing book in the world, both for women and slaves. It's amazing. Every seven years, God said, let them go free. And what, all they were was indentured servants. But some would become a bond slave. What does that mean? That's a free will slave. I, and today would be like whoever you work for, that would be who you're enslaved to. Does that make sense? Maybe it's whoever you got your mortgage from. You're kind of enslaved <laughs> to them because they own your house. Okay, but it reads this. Speaking of the north and the south. Okay, do you think this was a Christian nation, even the north and the south? Yeah. Both read the same Bible and pray to the same God. This is what's at the Lincoln Memorial on the wall. And each invokes his aid against the other. Were we a Christian nation? Yeah, even though we were divided, we were still a Christian nation. The Jefferson Memorial, lots of references to God here, but quote-unquote, God who gave us life gave us liberty. Can the liberties of the nation be secure when we have removed a conviction that these liberties are the gift of God? Indeed, I tremble for my country when I reflect that God is just, that his justice cannot sleep forever on the Jefferson Memorial. Folks, that is a, a scary prophetic word for this nation. 52 of the 55 men who began this country all said this nation is built on the gospel of Jesus Christ and the principles of this book. They went on to say that the minute you start legislating Laws and uh, societal norms that go against this book, this great nation cannot stand. It will fall. Folks, we got a lot to do. Christianity is the religion of America. George Washington said this, The name of American belongs to you, and with slight shades of difference, you have the same religion. Speaking of the slight denominations within Christianity. Speaking of biblical Christianity, paragraph 10 in his farewell address, September 17, 1796. Make no mistake about it, this nation is great because it what? Trusted God. God has a plan for your life if you trust him. You got to run to him and trust. The Supreme Court Justice Samuel Chase, signer of the Declaration of Independence, delegate to the First and Second Continental Congress. Supreme Court, 1799, Runkle v. Weinmeier. By our form of government, the Christian religion is the established religion, and all sects and denomination of Christians are placed on the same equal footing. Supreme Court of the United States. Patrick Henry, 
a leading anti-federalist, a member of the Continental Congress. You know him by the give me liberty or give me death, that guy. He said this, it cannot be emphasized too strongly or too often that this great nation was founded not by religionists, but by Christians. It was founded not on religion, but on the gospel of Jesus Christ. Okay, I don't know about you, but I'll believe what these guys said themselves rather than what history has been rewritten to all of a sudden say that this nation was never a Christian nation. Folks, the people that say that are so ignorant of historical fact that it makes me shudder that they can teach that as truth. Further, well, I'm not going to get on that thing. Mayflower Complex, the guys that came here. Man, it says this, having undertaken for the glory of God and the advancement of the Christian faith and honor of our king and country, a voyage to plant the first colony in the northern parts of Virginia due by these presence solemnly and mutually in the presence of God. Um, yeah, anyway, it's all about God. Does that make sense? Uh, John Hancock, you know, he's a famous guy. What did he do? <laughs> he, he, he signed the declaration, but his signature was the coolest, so he got famous because of his signature. Isn't it funny that your signature can make you famous? Yeah, we recognize no sovereign but God and no king but what? Jesus. That was the cry of the American Revolution. Do you know that? That was the battle cry for that. Proverbs 14.34 says, Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a disgrace to its people. Since the founding generation, our nation's leaders have continually acknowledged our Christian roots. Every leader of this great country has called this nation a Christian nation, a God-fearing nation, except one. And that happened not too long ago. In times of need, the presidents always, I put 2011, it was actually 2008, I believe, when Obama, hey, could you turn this mic on? When Obama made this statement, first president in the United States to do so, It won't play. Hold on. Let's see if I can get it to play. Well, anyway, it won't play. <laughs> I tried. I don't know why it won't play. But he said, whatever we once were, we're no longer a Christian nation, at least not just, but we're a Muslim, a Hindu, a Jewish, and all of that. Folks, America used to be a melting pot, right? You would come from a foreign country, come here, and you would be melted into the American culture. You wouldn't try to maintain your culture and divide a great nation because a house divided against itself cannot stand. Folks, this nation is in danger. We are no longer one nation united under God. We are many nations that happen to live on this territory. It scares me when I consider the impact. We have made America a godless nation. What's that? Yeah, with a bunch of different gods. We have a, na a nation of immoral, materialistic people whose own sin has become their god. 
We have churches of immoral, materialistic people whose own sin is more important than God himself. I don't know about you, but I want God's blessing in my family, in my life, in this church, in your family, in your life. And the only way we're going to get that blessing is we confess our sins to him and run to him. Do you know that? We all sin. Make no mistake about it. We all pursue things more than we pursue God. But if we run to the Lord and repent, he is faithful to cleanse us from all unrighteousness and bless us despite ourselves. We need a revival. John 8.34 says, Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now, I don't care what your addiction is. Sin usually is addictive. Do you know that? You become enslaved to that sin. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be a slave of anybody. Except who? God. Because when you're a bondservant of Jesus Christ, a free will servant, man, what does he do? More than that, he says, no longer do I call you slaves, but friends and joint heirs, and you will reign with me. Isn't that amazing? God loves you so much. Man, I don't want to be enslaved to anything but God himself. The tyranny of sin has brought this nation to its knees. The legalization of sin in this country is going to bring the judgment of God. I don't want to be a part of it. I pray for this country. I pray for this church. On July 4th, 1821, Pre President Adams said the highest glory of the American Revolution was this. It connected in one indisputable bond the principles of civil government with the principles of Christianity. This nation was blessed because it once trusted God. We really need to pray. Jedediah Morris, the father of American ge geography, said, To the kindly influence of Christianity, we owe that degree of civil freedom and political and social happiness which mankind now enjoys. Whenever the pillars of Christianity shall be overthrown, our present Republican forms of government and all blessings which flow from them must fall with them. The forgers of the Constitution of the United States forged that dark document for a Christian people, for a moral people. Now that this nation has actually made laws against the morals of the Bible, I fear for this great nation. The Declaration of Independence, it's funny, schools now forbid teachers to expand on some of that document. Do you know that? I know a teacher that teaches public school, and he said he can read it, but he can't talk about it. Just this, all men are created equal. We are endowed by our creator. Oh, you can't expand on that. Just, you know, let it go. We don't have a creator. We all evolved. We used to be goo, and then we were monkeys, and... You know, uh, all that stuff. The theory, and folks, by the way, uh, if you didn't know that evolution is a theory, that's all it is. It, it's not fact. 
It's not law. It's not provable. It's more of a blind leap than intelligent design. And we talked about that when we went through the book of Genesis. We're a Christian nation, or at least we were since the 60s. And we've got five minutes, maybe seven minutes, so hang with me. We've ripped the Bible out of our schools just since 1960. Do you know before that, Bibles, who remembers starting your public school class in prayer? Okay, raise your hand. Okay, we would start class in prayer, secular school. We would do our pledge to the American flag, and we would all bow our heads and pray to, to Allah. Oh, no, we wouldn't pray to Allah. We would pray to the one true God in Jesus' name. That was public school. But since the 60s, this nation has ripped the Bible and prayer out of schools and the Ten Commandments out of every government building except those in Washington. I don't know why they're allowed to keep them there and the Supreme Court. <laughs> now the ACLU is making cities like Los Angeles take the cross out of their city seals. You know, L.A. had to do that. They used to have a nice big cross in the seal. Oh, they had to take it out. I'm so shocked that our money still says, in God we trust. I don't know about you. I'm, I'm shocked. I can't believe they still allow that. Because it is the most profound statement in the world. We are now, unfortunately, a diverse nation under many gods rather than one nation under one true God. 1st time in our history president stated we're not a Christian nation and God we trust folks I got to tell you this morning that whatever you put your trust in most more than likely that can fail but God will never fail and if you run to him, first and foremost, he's going to meet every need that you have. He's going to give you strength and peace that nothing in this world can provide. He will go before you. As for me, I made a decision a long time ago that I'm going to serve the Lord. Have I given up stuff? Absolutely. Have I been able to do things that I may have wanted to do but knew I can't do? Yes. But the joy and the strength that I have is so much greater than anything this world can provide. Have you ever wondered why famous people commit suicide? Have, has that ever crossed your mind? Have you ever thought, well, they have all the money they would ever want, they're famous, they have everything money can buy, and yet what? They are not content. Why? Because contentment is not in what you have. Contentment is what you are in here. God made us to know Him. You can't know Him through your good works. You can't know Him through religious things. Well, I'll do ten Hail Marys and I'll be good. 
Okay, that's not how you know God. You know God by talking to Him. You know, the Bible says there's one mediator between God and man, Jesus Christ. Folks, you don't have to call me and say, hey, pastor, man, I know if you pray that, that God will hear because you're a holy man. <laughs> he hears your prayers just like he hears mine. Isn't that great? Isn't that good news that there's one mediator between God and man, Jesus Christ? It's not me. It's not a priest. It's not saints that have died. By the way, we already found out we're all saints. All it means is someone who's sanctified set apart for exclusive use by and for God. You can go directly to God through Jesus Christ. That's why we pray in Jesus' name. That's how we can stand before a holy God in the Spirit and bring our petitions and our praise to Him because Christ paved the way on the cross. Man, we're going to serve the Lord. How about you this morning? Do you trust in God? God so strongly as I prayed for this message today. We're just going to continue in Exodus. But I knew we're doing a special barbecue thing. And I had to talk about this. And it all came down to trust. Last week we talked about Israel. After they were delivered from bondage and slavery in Egypt, they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. Why is that? Do you remember? Because they didn't trust God. They sent spies into the promised land. Two spies, Joshua and Caleb, said, man, we can take these guys. We can conquer the promised land. We can make it. We're fine, right? And everyone else said, what? There's no way. They're going to wipe us out. There's giants in the land. These men, there's no way we can fight them. So God had them wander in the wilderness for 40 years because of fear and doubt. They didn't trust God. When all the people, that generation, died, then he let him cross into the promised land. Isaiah 12, 2 says, Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid, for the Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. This morning, God is looking for a people that will trust him. Isaiah 12, 3, Therefore you will joyously draw water, from the springs of salvation, trust to put complete confidence in, to have faith in, to find safety and the feeling of security and protection by God, to have complete faith in. As you witness, remember our money says, in God we trust. Man, when you talk to people and have the chance to really talk deep with them about their relationship with God, you use the money. Hey, and God we trust. Do you? Do you know what that means? You can trust Him. It means to have faith in Him. God simply wants us to have faith in Him this morning. Worship team, you guys want to come up? Today's the day to really trust God with your problems, with your family, with your children. What do you fear most? That's the question. What do you fear most? This morning God says, trust me with that. 
And I know a lot of conspiracy theories going on about September 23rd. Have you heard any of it? Oh, yeah. Blood red moons and uh, uh, the uh, the CERT, you know, the particle accelerator. They're going to do a, the biggest collision yet. You know, CERN, that's what it is. In what? In CERN, Switzerland? Yeah. Uh, they think a little black hole is going to open up. Who knows what? <laughs> do we fear that? Heck no. Are you kidding? We know the God of the universe that created all things. Plus, he's already told us what's going to happen, and the world's not going to get swollen up into a black hole. It just isn't going to happen. So you don't have to be afraid of that. Pope's coming September. All these things are converging in September, and a lot of people are really scared to death. All I know is this. God's already told us what's going to happen in here. I know exactly what's going to happen. Man, the end times, folks, if you don't know about it, email me, talk to me. It is amazing. The whole geopolitical climate of the world right now, and part of it just happened last week, Russia, Iran, and Syria coming together, was all predicted in this book. This world isn't going to be destroyed. Do you know that? Not a, not Christ is going to come for, and reign on this earth for how long? A thousand, a thousand years. We're going to reign with them, the Bible says, and then it will be destroyed. But folks, the apocalypse in the book, book of Revelation is not about the destruction of this earth. It's actually about the salvation of this earth. The, the, the earth even moans for the coming of Christ. Cries out. He will come and the earth will be like the Garden of Eden again. It's going to be amazing. Sand restores my soul, satisfies my need. Thank you for listening to Staying the Course with Pastor Brett Peterson. If you would like a copy of this message or would like to submit a prayer request or comment, contact us at 949-888-5777 or email us at info at ccbcu.edu. God bless you as you seek and serve Him. Remember, stay the course, and we'll see you next week. I love your word, I love the way it comforts me, strengthens and restores my soul. Sad.